the Pride Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Pride Podcast. Today's episode will present a voice from the community. Our topic, 10 years of transferable skills at the University of Vienna. Bianca Lindorfer works at the Centre for Doctoral Studies at the University of Vienna in Austria. Bianca was hired in 2009 to develop a transferable skills programme for doctoral candidates. She had just finished her PhD in history at the EUI in Florence and had returned to Vienna. At the time, the University of Vienna was in the middle of restructuring its doctoral education according to the Salzburg principles. Bianca, thank you so much for being with us today. Could you tell us about the transferable skills training at the University of Vienna? Hello, also from my side, and thank you, Alison, for this invitation to contribute to this podcast series. Yes, you are right, we offer transferable skills training for doctoral candidates for more than 10 years now. We started in 2009, which was a good moment, because, as you said, uh, the university, there was a general reform of doctoral education taking place at the University of Vienna, and in the course of this reform, among other things, the Center for Doctoral Studies um, as a central service unit was established. And one of our core activity is to provide trainings for doctoral candidates. So we do offer around 40 and 50 uh, workshops in this area uh, per semester, starting from academic writing, communication and presentation skills, time and project management, science communication, but also for more advanced doctoral candidates, workshops on how to write a proposal for postdoc applications, to give just a few examples. In addition to these workshops, we also offer a few other formats, like uh, our monthly afternoon talks, where we invite experts to discuss different topics relevant for doctoral candidates. Well, currently we are running a webinar series on well-being in academia to give uh, a few examples. Thus, over the course of the years, we, we've constantly increased and further developed our portfolio on support measures. Now, um, what we don't offer are workshops on, on teaching competences, for instance, as the university has a special center for teaching and learning that offers training in this area. And we also don't offer IT workshops and language courses, as there are, again, other uh, central service units that offer courses in these areas. So, after 10 years of experience, what would you say are your major challenges? Um, well, first of all, I would say um, our PhD population is a very, very diverse group. So, some are employed, but we also have a very large number of part-time doctoral students. And naturally, they cannot devote their entire time and energy to doctoral research and also to complementary training. In addition, we deal uh, with researchers from different disciplines, from the humanities, social sciences, natural and life sciences, law, economics and psychology. Uh, thus, they all have different academic backgrounds, which also means for our workshops that most of them are of disciplinary nature. But I also need to say that we don't reach all our PhD candidates equally well. 
The largest part come from the humanities and the social sciences, while it is far more difficult to reach out to the natural and life sciences. And also from a gender perspective, we see that by far more female researchers participate in our workshops. And both aspects, of course, give quite some food for thoughts. And we also have a very large number of international doctoral candidates who again have other expectations and needs. Um, the second point I would say is that uh, the University of Vienna is a very, very large university. We currently have around 5,000 doctoral candidates enrolled and per year between 800 and 1,000 of them make use of our training program. Thus, with this large number of students, it is nearly impossible to know all our doctoral candidates and it makes it very difficult to be in a regular dialogue with them and to learn about their needs and also to see the progress they make. Thus, we spend quite a lot of time and energy in communicating with our PhD candidates and to make them aware of the opportunities the university offers. But the moment you think you got your message crossed, a new cohort comes and you start again from the beginning. And another point to mention here is that several units at the university provide additional training. As I mentioned earlier, we have the Center for Teaching and Learning that focuses on teaching competences but also the HR department offers courses for all employees, including employed doctoral candidates. And we recently started uh, with 14 doctoral schools, maybe on the faculty level, and they also provide additional support and training for doctoral candidates. So you see, doctoral candidates find many opportunities to further develop their personal and professional skills, which is good, but the challenge here is to communicate all these opportunities in an adequate way and to create also synergies between the units involved in transverse skills training. Ah yes, I remember we talked about this before recording. So, so you've started an initiative to tackle this problem of the different units, right? Could you tell us a bit about this? Yes, this is right. Uh, it is a project set up with several units at the university and the aim is, first of all, to, um, to, to identify a set of competences researchers should acquire in the different stages of their career, and secondly, to establish one single platform for all generics and transferable skills trainings offered by the university. So no matter which unit is involved in the planning and organization of these trainings, so that uh, our doctoral students see at one glance what is offered um, in the area of transferable skills training at the University of Vienna. But I also need to say that at this point that it is not only, or how should I frame it, it doesn't only need opportunities, it also needs reflection and it needs possibilities. And here also the supervisors play a role. So, if your supervisor does not believe in the benefits of transferable skills training, but wants you to, to focus on your research and not to waste too much time with other things, um, you probably won't be encouraged so much to engage in transferable skills training or in this side of doctoral training. Actually, when we started with transferable skills training in 2009, 
it was particularly challenging to convince supervisors of the benefits of such a program. And as I said, it also needs a thorough reflection to, to, to reflect your skills and where you need to improve, to think about your career and where you want to go and what it needs to get there. And this brings me actually to my third point. It is sometimes quite challenging to encourage doctoral candidates to, to, to actively engage in a personal and professional development planning. To give you an example, when, when we ask for feedback and in which areas they need support so we can design our program to their very particular needs, we usually get very little response. So for our transferable skills program, this means it is a lot of try and error. Some topics and formats work out very well, while others are very difficult to fill. Also, we think they are rather important. I mean, time management is such an example. Many doctoral candidates, they, they complain about the, the, the many requirements of a PhD, and they, they do suffer from a constant time pressure. But they don't want to waste time on a workshop that would help them to improve the time management skills. And on top of that, from my experience, this also changes over time. For example, when we started in 2009, one of our most requested workshops was on how to write a research proposal. So today, 10 years later, we still have this workshop in our program, but it is by far not the uh, most demanded workshop anymore. So, there has never been the moment when I thought, all right, now I have the perfect workshop program. But it is in a constant development. New topics pop up while others just become less relevant. So what is the current most wanted workshop then? Well, I see an increase in particular two areas. This is academic writing. Here we added new formats like individual uh, coaching sessions, writing retreats or uh, monthly writing labs and they all are really very well um, received. Also in this year which is so demanding and challenging for all of us with distance learning and online formats, they all have been really very well received I have to say. And the second area is um, the whole area of well-being and mental health. Well when we started we didn't even consider this as a topic and today we offer workshops and webinars and we also support doctoral candidates in the formation of peer groups, etc. And I do see a similar development at many other universities as well. And finally, there is the whole area of career development, in particular for careers outside academia. Well, naturally, as a university, we focus very much on academic careers. But at the same time, we know that the vast majority of our graduates will not stay in academia. Thus, it is our responsibility to prepare them for a wider, also non-academic labour market. And this means we need to open up and to intensify the dialogue uh, with non-academic labour market. What are future employers looking for? And which skills do they ask for? And, I think very important, we need to teach our doctoral students how they can translate the skills and competences they have acquired during the PhD to non-academic uh, employers. Mm. To improve our program in this area, we just recently started 
the EU-funded Internet Project CALIS that deals precisely with this aspect. Regarding the EU-funded project, for those of you who are interested and would like more information, we will add some information in our show notes below. So Bianca, we're slowly getting to the end. Um, reflecting on the last 10 years, what would you say are your main learnings from organizing transferable skills training? Well, my main learnings, I would say, are first of all to be flexible and open to new developments and trends. I'll just take this year with the pandemic crisis as an example. We all had to switch our trainings to online formats from one day to the other in spring. And also content-wise, we had to adapt our trainings. Virtual presentation skills all of a sudden became a topic. So, uh, never think now I have the perfect workshop program designed, but to seek also inspiration from outside. That would be my second point. And last but not least, to not to be afraid to try out new topics and ideas. So, as I said before, a lot is about trial and error. Well, in one word, it never gets boring, but on the contrary, it is very inspiring and also rewarding, I would say, to work with doctoral candidates and to see them grow and mature academically. All right. Thank you, Bianca, for your insights. And thank you to you, dear listeners, for listening to today's uh, Pride podcast. You will uh, find some further information in the show notes. You can also find the links to our website, the link to the Centre for Doctoral Studies, where Bianca Lindorfer works. And we hope to hear you soon again. Thank you.